Hello, it is 10 a.m. in New York, 4 p.m. in Johannesburg, and 9 p.m. in Welcome to In Transit with Sunday Bean. I'm an intercultural strategist, transformation facilitator, and solution-oriented coach. And I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed through any life transition. Way back when, when I was getting my honors thesis or my bachelor's degree, I had the honor, which I didn't know it was an honor at the moment, to be mentored by Dr. Carlin Corris Campbell. I was going to talk about how the media criticized women in politics and gave her my idea. I could talk about the first ladies, Elizabeth Dole and Hillary Clinton, and how the media criticized them differently. Went into my office with my first draft, and she had written notes on it. When I looked at my draft, this was, you know, the old school days where it was in ink. There was red everywhere. I barely walked into the door. She handed the paper back and she said, good first start, but here's what we'll do instead. She loaded my arms up with books. And as I walked out, I realized they were all written by her. I had been mentored by one of the leading thinkers on the media's critique of women in politics. It was that moment that I realized this is an important woman in my life. This is a mentorship I shouldn't take for granted. We hadn't seen each other for months after she had helped me with my paper, and I learned that in that time in between, she had experienced loss. It was that moment again where I saw her in a totally new light. One, not just as a successful uh, academic, but just a real woman. These are the impacts that mentors have on us. And I was so young then, and I didn't realize who was investing in me and just how much I should be appreciating that. So today's guest, I think, is that woman in many other people's lives. Terry Krivosha is here to share her story, not only of her mentoring, but being mentored in her career. From what I've heard from Terry, her life would start out, at least by my definition, as unconventional. And she leveraged her energy and direction to end up having an outstanding professional path. So thank you, Terry, for joining us today. I'm delighted. Thank you, Sunday. I'm thrilled to be here. So Terry, I'm going to tell a little bit um, our audience about your background and why you were so kind to agree to accept my invitation, but why sure. I invited you to join today. So Terry and I um, had a conversation informally, and at the end of the conversation, I was struck by just listening to your journey, Terry, how you were sharing about your life, but really what it was was about mentorship and transformation. Mm -hmm. So let me tell the audience a little bit about Terry's professional background. Terry is a successful business attorney and a mediator. Um, from what I've heard, she's known for how much she truly enjoys helping her shareholders, her family business owners, and companies. They're either buying or selling businesses or trying to solve some very large problems. She says the more complicated, the better. After years of experience in a wide variety of commercial transactions and businesses, she's now focusing her practices on M&A, restructuring, and shareholder, what are called business divorces, and mediation of commercial disputes. So 
really an impressive career. I'm guessing, um, just based on what you've shared with me already, one that was quite um, a trendsetter for the time that you started. So do you mind, Terry, telling us a little bit about how you got started, why you got started to do what you do? Yes, yes, Sunday. Thank you very much. And and I, I have to say that some of what I'm going to say, I really hadn't put together until you and I chatted the first time. Mm-hmm. So I'm very appreciative of the opportunity to kind of reframe and look back at my own past and understand mm-hmm. uh, how I got here, because I don't think we all do that very often. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes we're afraid to. So I was I was pleased that, mm-hmm. that I had that opportunity. Um, I grew up in what I thought was the kind of home that everybody grew up in. I, I had a very... Um, I guess maybe a conventional but unconventional, um, uh, unconventional parents. My my dad, who passed away during the pandemic, uh, was a lawyer and uh, also the chief justice of the Supreme Court in Nebraska for several years. And he was really my first mentor. Um, we were we had very strong ideas in our family of things that were important to us. I mean, I I remember that. Before the first word I learned before I learned uh, mother or father, I think was Democrat. So that that was the first. Um, and and I even remember when I went to kindergarten the first day, I met a little girl, and I I came home and I said to my parents, you know, I met this very nice girl today. But this is I'm a kindergarten now four. I was four and a half, but my mother got couldn't wait to get me out of the house. I said, but her. Um, her family is Republicans. Well, I said, well, how do you know that? I said, well, we had a conversation about it today in kindergarten and, and we exchanged this information and am I allowed to be friends with her? So the funny part is it turns out her father was my dad's um, moot court partner. And the two of them had gone to law school together and had decided at the end of their law school days, he, he claims this is true. I'm not sure if it's apocryphal or not but that they both wanted to get into politics and they thought it didn't make sense for them to both be on the same side. So he claims they flipped a coin, which I don't believe. And, <laughs> and he decided to be a, a Democrat and, and his partner decided to be a Republican. In any event, they explained that I was allowed to be um, friends with her and that would be fine. And so um, what I didn't realize about my dad is, you know, when you grow up, you just think that every family is like your family. I mean, no family is any different. And and we were, we, my dad was really um, an innovator. We tried everything, you know, right as it came, as it came out. We were we were early adopters. We had the first. Um, I remember we we had the first push button phones. We had the first microwave when my my father was. Um, uh, on the court, he, he had this view um, that the the people of Nebraska should be able to learn about what this Nebraska Supreme Court uh, does. So his idea was, we're going to go out to all the different little cities, the court, we're going to go out and have dinner the night before, have a, a hot dish for everybody to eat. And then the next day, we're going to actually hold a session in their city so they can come and watch mm-hmm. it and see and see what we do. Well, his his brethren were having nothing of that. So I think what the, the, the most innovation he made on that was they sat at the, the law schools and, and some of those sorts of things. But those were the sorts of things that I just grew up with. He just mm-hmm. was a big thinker. And um, I, he, he made me, I never remember having any sense of 
I can't do what I want. Mm -hmm. I mean, there wasn't, and, and there wasn't any pressure on me to become a lawyer. There was just learning was very important. Curiosity was very important and just do, um, do what you love. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the part that came through. So Terry, this is what I find is interesting because I think you and I might've been given similar messages, or at least as a child, um, absorb those messages similarly in terms of feeling supported by your parents, that you can do anything, mm -hmm. but having your parents believe in you. However, I'm from a small Midwestern town. I didn't have any female role models that I could look to that were doing big things around me that were unconventional, which I think is, I don't know about you, but it sounds like early on when you had that idea, I could do this. The spaces that you entered were completely male dominated. Well, they were, but, but now as I'm thinking about this, there was a woman who was the mayor of, I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska, was the mayor of Lincoln. And I remember she was friends with my father and I didn't think anything of the fact that, you know, that, 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 that she was, she was a woman. I, I really just didn't, I didn't think about it, but, and to the point where once I told my grand, my son, when he was maybe seven or eight, you know, your grandfather is also a lawyer, just like me. And he looked at me and he said, well, he can't be only girls can be lawyers. I mean, this is my son. <laughs> I love that. You know? So, I mean, he, he had made that association. I never, it's just interesting. I don't know how, but so I, I had never made it. So that says so much, doesn't it about how important it is for our kids when they see something that they think it's possible? Yeah. Yeah. So I just, it, it never, I mean, and, and I, I say that law was my family business. I grew up waiting for juries. My mother mm -hmm. was um, a more traditional mom, but she also did unusual things. Her, her, her field was um, teaching um, uh, individuals who had trouble learning how to read. She had a lot of training in dyslexia. She could diagnose it and then work with them. And she, when my father was a judge, she taught prisoners how to read. So we sort of joked that she taught, you know, the burglars to become embezzlers. But um, she and, and she was also passionate about what she did. And, mm -hmm. and to the point where there were people that came back to them, that they had people in their lives that they had impacted who would often just appear, you mm -hmm. know, passing mm -hmm. through, wanted to stop yep. and give you a hug. And and um I found out when my father died, the number of people that he actually mm -hmm. touched in his life, which was, mm -hmm. you know, I just had absolutely no idea. I just thought he was, like I said, a regular dad. And I, I realized as I've reflected on this, so when I started college, um, I, I went to both Columbia University and the Jewish Theological Seminary. I grew up in a small town. I was very interested in Judaism, wanted to get more knowledge. And this program at, at Columbia and JTS would give me the opportunity to do two BAs. So my mentor at JTS, I real, at the time was the only woman Talmud scholar really in the world. Wow. And I had no idea. I mean, she, she was pregnant at the time, but I didn't think anything of it. I knew she was the first, mm -hmm. but I just sort of took that in like, okay, if she can be the first, then I can be the first. That's beautiful. And I guess that's what happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, and mm -hmm. I really didn't realize till the earlier conversation we had, um, how many women I had been influenced by uh, in my, as I was, you know, going through my, my education. So, so she was one, uh, Judith Houtman was her name. She eventually went on to become a rabbi, but she was a Talmud scholar before mm. anything. And um, 
I admired her and I admired her ability to just, you know, I think she was pregnant with twins at the time and continue to um, teach us. And she was the one that really, so, so really what the Talmud is, I think it's, it's either 2,571 or 2,751 pages, both sides. It's a folio page uh, of really Jewish law. And and Mm -hmm. I'm actually now part of an international book club, call it, where every day we do a page. Uh, and and our cycle started in January of 2020. Seven and a half years later, we have gone through the entire thing, which is kind of fun because then it, it was started by somebody 100 years ago to give Jews something to talk about when they met each other, as if we'd have any trouble. But anyway, we just talk long enough to another Jewish person, you realize you've got a second cousin or something. But, but anyway... Um, so uh, what it opened up for me was this this vast legal is there this legal discussion that goes on every day on the page and then mm. there's commentaries around it that explain and she just opened me up to this world so it was sort of like what I was going to study in law school but it was in Aramaic and Hebrew and so right. I thought this will be a good pre-law so that was my major and at the same time, I was doing an um, ancient history major because I'm just fascinated by this whole period, Second Temple and, and kind of uh, on like fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth century AD where the, the as these different uh, academies of rabbis were being established, both in Babylonia and in, and, in, and in Israel. And so that was the area I focused on at Columbia. And I also had a, a woman um, um, advisor um, who... Um, didn't do what you said your mentor did, <laughs> but um, um, she was a lot better than I did, I think. <laughs> but 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 I, again, I looked at her and I thought, well, look, she's you know she's been able to succeed. I guess what I didn't understand at the time is I was seeing these female role models, and they mm-hmm. weren't. I didn't feel daunted by them, right? I just fe- and I didn't feel like there are aren't enough of them. So I guess I never felt like a pioneer or, you know, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. I mean, I wasn't mm-hmm. even quite sure. I remember when I was younger what a feminist was because I wasn't like demonstrating and doing those sorts of things. I was just I saw examples of how women could be successful. And I figured I could do that, too. It's beautiful. Um, so so it be, regardless of where you identify on the gender spectrum, it should just be like, hey, let's do this regardless. of the Well, right? yeah, my. My family gave me a lot of confidence. I mean, I, I I hope they didn't give me too much, but they made me they made me realize, you know, I'm never scared of doing something new, and I'm a lifelong learner. So, yeah. um, you know, I a few years ago, I'd always been told by opposing counsel and deals that I'd be a great mediator. So I decided a few years ago to get qualified as a mediator, which I thought would be fun. So, you know, it, it's just a different part of my mm-hmm. brain. That I'm right. I'm trying to 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 work with right now as I'm I'm continuing to develop my my practice, and then I I started at a big law firm in New York City, Paul Weiss. It was Paul Weiss, Rifkind, Wharton, and Garrison at the time, and my mentor there was the was the only woman in um uh, the only woman partner I think at the time. maybe there was one other partner, but she was the first mm-hmm. woman partner. Paul Weiss. Yeah. And again, I, I didn't think, oh, they've assigned her to me because I'm a woman. I just looked at her and I watched her negotiate. And that was in the days when that's what you did. You actually sat at the feet of your mentors in a room with other people and you just watched what they did. And I just absorbed it, you know, and then they gave you little things to do that were, uh, it was an apprenticeship, right? right. 
And, and I'm still in touch with her. I mean, she has now retired and, um, I have gone back throughout my career to to make sure she knew what I was up to and to tell her how grateful I was for what she did for me. That's so beautiful. And so this is this is where I find you know maybe this is just where I am in my life. But right now when I think about it, I look at the opportunities I've been so lucky to be in the same room as mm-hmm. some brilliant people. Right. And where my hindsight comes in is I don't know at that age if I fully appreciated who I was in the room with. Very simple example. But for example, I was I am trained in personal leadership. They call it PL. And this was back in like, I don't know, 2004, 2005. I did this course through the Summer Institute of Intercultural Communication. And um Years later, I was talking to someone and they featured someone who was trained in PL. And I said, oh, I'm trained in PL. And it was like this big deal, this, you know, this approach to leadership and cross-cultural communication. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, Barbara Shetty and Gordon Wontanabe, like I, I, they were my people who taught me. I didn't realize I was sitting at the feet of the people who created this methodology. And this is the same thing with Dr. Collars Campbell, Dr. Judith Martin. Like I've been... I've been in spaces where I knew they I had something to learn, but I didn't quite grasp um, how what an opportunity that was. So I'm just wondering, with the benefit of hindsight, right? Maybe that's wisdom mm-hmm. as we get older and process this. If we could give people advice, what they could do to more inten- intentionally nurture their relationship with people oh, who are mentors. Hard. So that's hard because when I think back, Sunday, I realized I didn't have any idea how important these people were. And I'm not sure I realized until recently. Yeah. Um, I think so. There's a couple of things. I would I mean, and and I remember when I was um, graduated from law school, we we graduated. They held our graduation at Lincoln Center, which was a beautiful place to to have graduation. And I was in the car in the, in the cab with my dad and they wanted my dad to, he was chief justice in Nebraska that time. They thought it'd be nice for him to march in the, in the thing. And he got to hood me. And he turned to me as we were in the car, I'm going to cry now. And he said, get yourself a mentor. He said, if you do nothing else, get yourself a mentor. Mm. And I guess I followed that, but I didn't really reflect on it again. I thought, okay, my dad told me to get a mentor. I got a few. So first of all, I, I guess the advice I would give to someone who's looking for a mentor now is to, you have to do the reaching out. I mean, I, I think, I, I, and, and I certainly did that when, when, I, um, when I was younger. I mean, what, what I would say to these people are, I want to work with you. I'll do anything, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, 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 I'll write up your notes. Let me just let me sit in conversations with you. And what I say to our young lawyers now is I'm happy to help you, but I'm not very good at reaching out. Find me and I'm happy to get you involved in what I'm doing to help you learn um, or happy to have separate conversations with you. So I, I would say um, one of the things you need to do, you know, as a younger person or even a person who's looking for mentors, it doesn't matter what age you are initiate some of those mm-hmm. conversations, mm-hmm. take some, be ambitious, look at people who are doing what you want to do, regardless of who they are 
and then figure out how to learn from them. And there's all different ways you can learn from them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes though, and I think we talked about this when you and I last talked, you have to know when it's time to fire a mentor. And that's hard too, right? Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm, I, I, and I had two very, very influential um, mentors who were men um, uh, over my career. And so I didn't only have women mentors, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you get to a point, and I've seen this happen with people that I've mentored. You just get to a point where they're on their own, you know, you wish them good luck. You might continue to work in the same firm maybe, or they go somewhere else. And that's kind of, it just, you, you leave it and you, you've given them what you can and they've taken what, what they can. So it, it, you know, you get to a point sometimes where a mentor wants to be too involved and you Mm. have to say to them kindly, thank you. Thank you for everything you've done for me, but it's time for me to leave the nest now. Yep. Well, I think that breaches actually the I think it's a breach of how you would define a mentor, because when you start telling people what to do, you're consulting. A mentor helps you find your answers and provides, obviously, direction and support, right? Like it's when when they're too involved, right? And it's like they've started started to go too far. Um, Yeah. And I guess it's it's that boundaries that all of us have difficulty with. And I think it's even harder in this world where boundaries are so, Mm -hmm. so fuzzy. Right. Um, But but and I found it important. I mean, I always like it when people reach back out to me um, to say, you know, I just wanted to thank you for what Mm -hmm. you've done. I, Mm -hmm. I always felt it was important for my mentors Yes. You know, my, my, every time I was in New York, after I, I left New York, I would, um, call up my mentor from Paul Weiss and, and take her to lunch. And just, it was just fun to connect with her and, Mm. and just kind of remember the wisdom I had learned from her. I once was giving a talk and I wanted to just pick her brain about something. Mm -hmm. So I said, let's go out to lunch. You know, what do you think about X? Um, so you have to work hard though to keep those people in your life because if they're the right kind of mentors, they don't stay in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, they just right. don't. They right. don't. And that's that's what I think part of being a good mentor is. You just have to let the people that you've helped go. And that's what where I think when we spoke last, I had this idea of you should nurture a mentoring relationship and keep them in your life. And actually, what we've just talked about now is grow through the the mentorship right relationship I think so. and reestablish so. other yeah. other another relationship like somebody else college. yes yeah because i think what happens is the idea with the mentor right is that you're going to grow yes <clears throat> a mentor sees you at often at the place you came to them and i think it's hard for them to realize sometimes you've grown right. it happens pretty naturally if you just right. let it you know in a law firm, for example, you're, you're second chairing a, a deal or a case and you get to be experienced enough where you're not working with that person anymore. You don't need to be a second chair. You're now a first chair. So right. sometimes it just happens naturally. But I think it's hard for a mentor often to um, take you out of kind of that role they first saw you in. Mm-hmm. And so you, mm-hmm. my view has been you learn what you can from them and then you move on. And And mentors can go any way up and down, you know, you can have younger mentors, you can have, um, 
you know, when you're younger, usually they're they're more experienced. But I've learned a lot of things from my, you know, younger colleagues as well. There's a wonderful saying in the Talmud that says, much I have learned from my teachers, much I have learned from my colleagues, but the most I have learned is from my students. And so you learn something as a mentor, and then it's just time to, time to right. go on. Right. So it makes me ask, you know, what what do mentors get from the relationship? And I think you've already begun to answer that. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. Um, and it's funny because I was always very interested in this issue of mentorship at my law firm and just in general. I think what you get from it is a relationship and an ability to, in an informal way, kind of teach somebody your craft. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. what we do in, in my world, I mean, when I work, when I'm a mentor to somebody, they're kind of, they're an apprentice, essentially. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you're really trying to pass on how you do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I think they, and what I encourage my mentees to do is to take everything they're hearing and learning and seeing and make it their own. Yes. Figure out how to make it your own style. You know, you're not going to be a Terry and you're not going to be a so-and-so and you're not going to be a so-and-so, but your negotiation style will be an amalgam mm-hmm. of the people that, of the people that you meet. Yep. So I wanted to go back to advice for people who are, um, who are in the mentee position. And one of the things when I was listening to you, I reflected on my younger self. And I think the advice that I would give is to slow down. I think when I was in a situation where I had these amazing people in front of me, I was very focused on the task or mastering the the knowledge right, or the skill. And in that speed, in that hyper-focus, I might have missed the relationship aspect of it. Well, you know, I think that's true, but I'm, I'm just wondering if that's the way it is. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think about it and, and um, each, you know, generations are always off from one another, right? Like, you know, that the old adage about saying to your kid, you'll know this when you're a parent. I mean, <laughs> they do. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's not, it, Sunday, you're, you're giving good advice. I'm not sure how possible it is. Right. Right. I mean, I'm not sure your younger self, could have been less focused on the tasks mm-hmm. and more focused on sort of the people that whose footsteps you were sitting at. I'm not sure you, I, I'm wondering if you can only do that in retrospect. Right. Because when I think about Judith Hauptman, who was truly the first woman Thomas scholar, um, I, I didn't know what to do with that except learn from her. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. so she was my first Talmud scholar. I just, she taught me what Talmud was. And yeah. so part of it, I'm, so I hear what you're saying. I'm not sure how possible it is. I don't know if it's possible either. This is the question that plagues me, right? Yeah, this is, I agree. You know, this is, so I have this project called Wisdom Fusion. It's a group of, you know, intergenerational women from 20 to 75 plus, And we've communed together in this learning experience and shared. And my question is, can we come together and share in a way that we can help either one person avoid a train wreck (laughs) that others have had, or um, take more out of a situation than they would if left by their own default, right? That's, 
question. That I see. I, and, and, I, the answer to that is probably yes, because if you had a little person sitting on your shoulder during those times when you, you yes. were sitting at the feet of these people, the person whispering on your shoulder would say, you know, take her to lunch and just, mm-hmm. just let her tell you about her life and what was important to her. Yes. How did yes. she get where she is today? Those mm-hmm. were the things we didn't do. And, yes. and maybe those are the kinds of things. I mean, that's the, the being so focused, right? Yes. I want to get my, my senior thesis done. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm, I learn everything mm-hmm. I can. I mean, yes. I didn't want to go to her office hours, my Tama teacher, and talk to her about her life. I wanted to talk about the page we're doing today and why I didn't understand the commentary. Yes. You know? Yes. But, 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 and so maybe that can be changed. You know, mm-hmm, but it has mm-hmm. to be, I think, somebody like you're trying to do saying, take stock of this now, because later on, you don't want to have missed opportunities that you had earlier. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. Or like that moment that I had in Dr. Carl, uh, Chris Campbell's office, where I was able to hear something from her private life that was so profound and see her in a new way. And I'm shy to even talk about this because she's still alive. I've reached out to her to try to reconnect and I don't want to be talking behind your back. So if she's listening, I want to honor you. I'm not trying to talk behind your back. My point is um, in that moment, she set, she set a precedent of, for what was possible that shifted my life entirely. Right. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I, I, you know, it's almost any time you run into somebody who you sort of is a mentor in the grocery store, or you see them jogging in the morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I this is such a funny memory. So, I was in college when the there was a subway strike in New York that caused women to start wearing sneakers and sneakers to work, and I remember that. And and it was a mess. I mean, people lived all over; nobody could get anywhere. And I remember the woman who who was my professor and my, and my um, uh, thesis advisor. And it was during the strike. And I remember her wearing sneakers with her, you know, more formal clothes because that's what she, she had walked to work from the East side that day. And I walked into her office and she was on the phone with her husband asking him to take some cheese out of the freezer because they were having company for dinner. And I remember thinking, Oh my God, she eats too. You know, I mean, so do you know what I'm saying? So, so, and I remember, I mean, how many years ago that was 40 years? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it made me realize, yes, yeah, she's just a real person, you know? Yeah. So I guess the, the message is find these people and invite them to share more things with you. Yes, absolutely. Right? That's, I think what it is. Identify yeah. them, mm-hmm. find them, learn from them and try to get them in some informal situations where they can just, I want to hear about your life. Because that's where you'll learn and, right. and just ask those questions, even though you don't realize you should. I mean, Ex- I don't, yes. you know, if somebody had said to me, take Judith Houtman f- to lunch and just ask her to tell you about why she decided to become a Talmud scholar, I would have looked at them and said, are you out of your mind? <laughs> but I think, I think mm-hmm. our younger generation is more brash probably and, mm-hmm. and you know, a little more um, willing to, to take some of the, some of those sorts of risks and you can learn a lot. So I, right. yeah. 
I think it's fascinating. Mm. I think it's and the whole point for me is about how do we be intentional and right. How do we be intentional about nurturing a relationship? How do we be intentional about also not exploiting a relationship, right? One is how do I nurture this relationship, but then how do I not exploit it? Because one of the things for, for example, in my business, um, mentoring would be very, would be interesting because I am a coach and a consultant, right? And I'm also a certified mentor coach for the coaching um, field. So when are you asking someone for a service and when oh. are you just nurturing a relationship? Yeah. And I think that is interesting. The other, yeah. the other point that I think is interesting is when are you, um, when is it imbalanced, right? Because you're busy. Even with you, I was like, do you, do you have time? Can, you know, I didn't want to assume that you and I could hop on a call or that you would do an interview because you've so many things in your life. So can you tell me a story maybe, um, about a time where you felt like the mentorship was imbalanced and a time where it felt right? Like what did the person do? What did the mentee do well? And maybe what did the other mentee not do well? Oh, I see. Okay. So let's do the, what they did well first, because that's going to mm-hmm. be easier for me to think about. I mean, it is, it is so rewarding for me to see um, lawyers that, that, that I would say I've nurtured as they've been kind of going through, seeing them progress to leadership roles. And then what I love is when they call me to, to say, I got to pick your brain about this. I love that. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm proud of them. And I, there's one one mentee and I have a um, we have a call every Friday. It's at one thirty. It's just supposed to be like a five minute kind of what are you working on? What are you working on? How can we help each other? It usually evolves into something else, you know, oh, mm-hmm. or so. So that's um, it's intentional. It doesn't always happen. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Friday I was visiting my grandchildren. We didn't meet. So um but but it was the setting of a time and and you know she's well into her career now so it's mm-hmm. it's part of it is just connecting right mm-hmm, so I, mm-hmm. I i like that what i'm hearing is you said the criteria that came up for you that i heard was it's intentional it's predictable in terms of like like we know about accountability if you schedule it and and it's you know, shared in advance, you're more likely to hold that, right? And the second, the third one is it's flexible. So if you are doing something else, you're not going to let it dominate your day, right? So those are some things that I'm hearing from you work with that mentorship. I've also heard is that it's grown into um, support, mutually supportive because she's well into her career. So the mentorship dynamic has also grown as she's grown as a professional. Yeah. And that's the only, pr- mm-hmm. I've only have one person that that's happened with really in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the doing wrong is, and it's not, I mean, I'm not criticizing my mentees for this. I struggle <clears throat> when I work very hard with them and then they leave, they leave my firm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been hard for me over the years. Um, yep. There have been two or three that, you know, and I wish them well. I hope they do well. I, um, nobody likes to feel rejected. Yeah. And so, right. and, and so I'm not saying they could have done anything differently, you know, right. and it's hard to know when you invest in someone at the beginning, you know, where's that mm-hmm. going? Right. And, and I, I'm never a person that likes to think about that. So 
I would say that's a that's a I don't know if it's a failing or just a challenge for me to figure out how to. And, and it's not that I didn't want them to do what they their their calling was, right? Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. you know you 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 spend a lot of time investing in people and. Um, sometimes the parting is difficult. Right. I hear that. It makes me think about, um, with this idea of mentorship, we talked about both directions that you've said you've learned as well from your mentees. And that's part of this whole thing that I do with wisdom fusion. I think that we are taught that wisdom is always from the elders to the youngers. And especially not. not true now with our technology changing and right. everything changing. What I've realized is so interesting. Those who were mentoring me when I was in my 20s, now I'm in my 40s. Like I'm a grown ass adult now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I might have learned something um, and have expertise in something that now I could actually teach the people who that, were right. teaching me then. That right. the age difference feels big when you're 20 and there may be oh, even yeah, it gets 35. Smaller. It, gets it gets so smaller. much smaller, right? I think people need to keep that in mind too. Also as a mentor, but also as a mentee that in the beginning, when you're mentoring younger people, they grow up and that gap um, minimizes. Well, so I think and, and, and right. And, and I think the other thing is, you know, there's this whole concept of mentoring up or managing up. Yes. You know, I mean, I, 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 I like to think that I've I've spent a lot of time trying to suggest things mm-hmm. that um, for other people to think about that um, I don't know if it's mentoring or not, but you know mm-hmm. it's just trying to, to to share what I know and and but but I think that's right. It's a whole different it's a whole different world now. I mean, I think it was starting to get there before the pandemic, and that just like put it on steroids, and now it's you know yeah we're there. <laughs> and that's why I want to have this conversation because I think um, we need to keep looking at old topics in new ways and new topics in Agreed. old ways, <laughs> right? Agreed. Yeah, so totally. mentorship, like <clears throat> how can we look at mentorship with fresh eyes? That's you and I didn't have any of this thought out in advance. We're working through this together right now. Right. right and right. it's also an invitation for people who are listening to think about um, how do they want to be showing up as a mentee or as a mentor? What are some other ways I can look at it? Who am I selecting as mentors? Is that the best people to learn from? Right. Mm-hmm. So, do you mind if we shift uh, a, no. a little bit more to you? Because I'm sure. curious, you know, your journey, where you've come from to where you are now. Um, I would love to hear, you know, you mentioned the last few years, you know, what transitions, you know, I have this thing called ATT, ambitious transformation Mm -hmm. and transition. Mm -hmm. What transitions are you feeling right now, regardless of whether it's professional or personal? I'd love to hear from you. Well, so part of it is, um, I think what, what I realized professionally was that I wanted to do more of what I like. And so I, I um, have really thought about what are the parts of my practice I really enjoy and what are the parts that I want to refer to some of my other colleagues. And, and I went so far as to revise my, um, my bio and I, I decided I wanted to become a mediator um, and, and did that as well. Um, and so I would say my a transition is really kind of 
I, I do used, I mean, to, to put just very specific words on it, I used to do a lot of general counsel work, which means people would come to me and I would help them with all their different things in their business. I, I enjoyed that, but I didn't enjoy it so much. I wanted to continue doing it. Mm -hmm. So there are other people that I can send that sort of work to. And I'm really trying to focus on the things that I really like. So mm -hmm. which is mergers mm -hmm. and acquisitions and helping people buy and sell businesses, helping people solve conflict within their within their companies, help them restructure, help them, you know, align their goals with how they want to grow and really helping them solve con solve problems through through mediation. I mean, what I, I like to say is that, you know, I'm pretty I'm 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 good at solving conflict as long as it's not my own. <laughs> Awesome. Like the toddler's kids have no shoes, but and I'm kind of <laughs> kidding about that. But right. you know, I don't mind. Many people mind conflict, and I don't right. mind it at all. Right. What I like to do is dig and get underneath it. So I think the transition that I'm seeing in myself is how I approach problems, whether mm -hmm. in my work life or in my personal life, mm -hmm. and and trying to kind of take a step back and really look at them and be more intentional mm -hmm. about how I'm mm -hmm. dealing with kind of all the things that are going on in my life. That's so interesting. So yeah. when, when we think about, so those are the things that are moving and changing, where do you feel called, you, you know, and maybe transformation doesn't fit where you're at right now. Um, but if you were to pick, like, are you feeling pulled by something internal, uh, something external, like all the things that are happening in the world or even a performance goal, where are you feeling one of those types of transformations in your life right well, now? Well, for me, it's usually internal. Um, I, I'm, I, um, my husband will tell you, oh, you've spoken to my husband. I'm a very competitive person. It's just part <laughs> of who I am. And, but it's mostly internal. I compete mm -hmm. sort of mm -hmm. with myself. I mean, I, I just, I'm a very intense person. And so part of it is sort of trying. So it's always internal. I, I, I would you. say it, it's always, mm -hmm. I'm really not driven ever by what other people think of me. Thank goodness. I've just never been mm -hmm. driven by that. It's really mm -hmm. more, what do I want to be doing now in my life? And what do I want to be focusing on? And how do I want to look at that? landscape. So. Right. I love that you said in competition with myself, because that is a hundred percent how I see it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. There's a song. Um, it is this gorgeous song called, it's called Dada Ding. And I have to think about who the artist is, but it's one of the lines in there. It's like, I am in competition with myself. And that is, yeah. I don't know if people can understand that people, I think often misread that as competitive with others, but no, it's like, you're not no. looking in anybody else's lane. You know, like, what do you mean? Uh, I can't do that. I mean, what, what, I, I, I'm trying to, you know, if I want to do this, how am I going to do it? And if I'm, if I think I can do it, then gosh darn it, I'm going to just go yep. full stream ahead and try and get it and get it done. So yeah, you've obviously proved that <laughs> to be true. Yes, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when I talk about ambitious transformation, um, yeah. I, I, for me, and then this might be similar to you, uh, it has to be um, your own definition of ambition outside of scope or scale of someone else, right? Correct. So for, for me personally, I always give the example that doing less is ambitious for me. Oh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> when we're recording this, I'm doing, I'm trying to calm down <laughs> in my business for, for nine weeks because I have a lot of other things in transit in my life right now, including a global move. So doing less 
is ambitious. And it's like every day I have to wake up and say, it's okay. You're not doing more. Like that's the hard thing for me. So what is, what's ambitious for you right now? Yeah. And I, um, (laughs) that would be ambitious for me also. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm probably not there yet. I mean, what's ambitious for me uh, I'm very focused on my time with, you want me to tell you specifically? So, just in just general, whatever, whatever makes sense for you. Um, well, I, I just, I have some new things I'm really interested in that I want to pursue. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a lifetime learner. So, I mean, I, 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 I want to do more mediations. I want, I'm, de- I'm developing some, uh, uh, I keep looking for a study, study source I want for my Talmud learning and I can't find it anywhere. So I said, mm-hmm. you know what? I can do this. The, the, all mm-hmm. the pieces are there. It's yep. just a matter of putting them together in the way that will help me as I'm learning because it's mm. such a, it's a very fast paced kind of study. Um, I mean, what, what's ambitious for me is to, yes, also um, think about what, how to take more time how to be less distracted. It's so interesting. So you're right now, what is it that you're working on with intention that you're excited about right now? You know, my husband and I have a a place in Israel and and we can finally travel there again. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. about kind of spending more time there and trying to kind of see what, what that's going to look like. So, um, yeah, yeah. And spending time with my grandchildren. So. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for oh, being my here. Pleasure. My I appreciate pleasure. it. I do. Yeah. And just to to sort of reflect on everything that we've talked about today, it's been interesting to focus on this idea of our own personal professional transformations and the roles that people have had that are either intentional and clear or people who've come out of or come into our lives in ways that we didn't realize would have such a profound impact. So I I love that. My, my ask or invitation for the listeners is to think about like what you and I did, Terry, the first time we spoke is to go back and look at who are the people that you have been mentored by, whether you were aware of it or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's meaningful. And I think it gives us something. And also I think as if you are a mentor, be mindful of how have you shown up for other people intentionally or consciously or not. um, That has been meaningful. Um, The other thing, what I did uh, right before we got on our call is I looked up my mentor from my honors thesis and I mess and I so grateful. She's um, she's much older than she was uh, than when I met her. And so am I. And I'm grateful that um, I reached out and said, Hey, I have something I want to tell you uh, about 25, 30 years ago. And so hopefully um, she'll get the message. I actually teared up when I wrote that message because I want to make sure that she knows the profound impact that she right. Had well, life. that's that's the thing. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't think the people who have had a profound impact on us will ever know right. the, the the to that extent. And anytime we can tell them, I think it's it's it makes them feel wonderful. Yep. yep. So that's my homework assignment for yeah. everybody listening. Excellent. Write your right. mentors. Tell them okay. what they mean. <laughs> Perfect. All right, everybody. Perfect. Thank you for listening to In Transit with Sunday Bean. I am so grateful you're here. I will leave you with the words from Simone Sinek. 
A mentor is not someone who walks ahead of us and tells us how they did it. A mentor is someone who walks alongside us to guide us on what we can do. 